turn to first for live team coverage of breaking news. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Good morning, 6 o'clock. This is the KNSS Morning News with Steve and Ted. I'm Steve Backintosh, now 22 degrees and a clear sky on this Friday morning. A deadly and destructive series of storms, including several tornadoes, slams the south. At least six people are dead in Alabama after a tornado swept through the central part of the state. In the historic city of Selma, the wind gusts downed trees, ripped roofs off of homes, and damaged businesses. Similar devastation also seen further northwest in Greensboro and Hale County, where survivors say they're lucky to be alive as they prepare to pick up the pieces. Meanwhile, pockets of North Georgia were also lashed by a strong storm system, killing at least one person. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. The only daughter of rock and roll legend Elvis Presley has died. Fox's Ashley Strohmeyer reports. Her mother, Priscilla Presley, releasing this statement to People magazine. It is with a heavy heart that I must share the devastating news that my beautiful daughter, Lisa Marie, has left us. She was the most passionate, strong, and loving woman I have ever known. We ask for privacy as we try to deal with this profound loss. Thank you for the love and prayers. At this time, there will be no further comment. Lisa Marie, the only child of Elvis Presley, died Thursday after being rushed to the hospital earlier in the day. L.A. County first responders were called to Presley's Calabasas home just before 11 a.m. for a woman in full cardiac arrest and unresponsive. Paramedics arrived six minutes later and performed CPR, regaining signs of life and then taking her to a nearby hospital. Lisa Marie Presley was 54 years old. One person is dead, another seriously injured in a crash in Butler County Thursday evening. This was at K-254 and Butler Road. The Butler County Sheriff's Office says a car traveling southbound and a truck traveling westbound collided. A passenger in the car was airlifted to a Wichita hospital in critical condition. Driver of the car died at an area hospital. The driver of the truck was not seriously injured. A man has been arrested, accused of child sex crimes. 43-year-old Damian Henderson was booked into the Sedgwick County Jail on suspicion of three counts of aggravated criminal solicitation of a child. Wednesday evening, officers were flagged down at an intersection in southeast Wichita near 31st Street South and Hillside by a family member who said that three girls ages 7 to 13 were solicited by Henderson. He fled before officers arrived. None of the girls were physically injured. Anderson was found a short time later near 31st and K-15 and was arrested without incident. The case will now be presented to the district attorney's office. Dan O'Neill, KNSS News. Complaints of trash created by homeless camps along the Arkansas River near downtown Wichita have been increasing. City officials say when they receive a complaint, the city puts out a 72-hour notice in an attempt to connect the homeless with services. After the notice expires, crews are sent to uh, clean up the mess. Wichita Mayor Brandon Whipple says they want the homeless to get the services they need. Of course, after they move out, they are welcome to move back into the area, which is what we are increasingly seeing. So, um, But we do have money in the budget for these cleanups. City crews are equipped with the information, uh, information sheets to the, be handed out that uh, show where services are located. Questions continue to circulate about the classified documents in President Biden's possession. Fox's Kevin Cork reports. 
Biden now faces the prospect of increasingly intense legal scrutiny, to say nothing of possibly months of bad headlines, thanks to a slow drip of discoveries of classified materials stored at his private home in Delaware and in his private office here in the nation's capital. And there have already been three such discoveries, and there could be others yet to come. And unlike the wall-to-wall coverage of the raid of Mar-a-Lago, White House lawyers claim the president's homes in Wilmington and Rehoboth were searched after the discovery. And if that weren't bad enough, up, things just got worse because the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, has now appointed a special counsel to look into the matter, which means a thorough probe of documents and records and, of course, interviews. President Biden's attorneys say they are fully cooperating with the National Archives. KNSS News Time now, 6.04, four minutes past six o'clock. Fox News Commentary. President Joe was only... Stephen, 10 of the morning, KNSS now, 6.09, nine minutes past 6 o'clock. Congress is vowing to get to the bottom of many flight cancellations over the last few weeks. A perplexed Congress after a cascade of air travel snafus. The most recent, the first complete airline ground stop since 9-11, thanks to crashing computers. Flight cancellations are double what they were five years ago. Delayed flights the highest since 2018 even though the industry scored nearly $79 billion in COVID cash. President Biden nominated Philip Washington to run the FAA, renominated him last week. Washington has an abbreviated aviation resume, and he faces scrutiny in a public corruption probe. Lawmakers may blame the FAA and the airlines for the debacle, but air travel advocates say Congress bears some responsibility, greenlighting mergers like U.S. Airways and United, Northwest and Delta. Fox's Chad Peregrim reporting from Capitol Hill. A new report indicates cancer deaths have declined in the United States. Nearly 4 million cancer deaths have been averted over the past two decades, according to a new report from the American Cancer Society. The organization's annual report indicates overall cancer mortality has dropped 33 percent since 1991. The group credits changes in cancer prevention and screening for the higher survival rate, The report cites a 65% reduction in cervical cancer rates in women following the introduction of the human papillomavirus vaccine. The society is projecting nearly 2 million new cancer cases and more than 600,000 cancer deaths this year. Rich Dennison, Fox News. Not every high school graduate goes to a traditional college. Where can you go for advanced technical education? Well, Sherry Utesh is president of WSU Tech with more than 9,000 students learning and training in many technical fields. KNSS News asked Utesh about the biggest challenges WSU Tech faces. How do we not only find new and creative ways and innovative ways of bringing people um, into post-secondary, but how do we also physically move people into our city and into our community of South Central Kansas? Sherry Utash, uh, Utash is our guest this weekend on Issues 2023, Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 on KNSS. Kansas Governor Laura Kelly's office says she plans to return to work today at the State House after learning that a COVID-19 test earlier in the week gave her a false positive result. Governor's been working in self-isolation at the governor's residence since the false positive on Tuesday. Her office announced that she had tested positive for COVID-19 and she postponed the annual State of the State address from Wednesday, now it's been moved to January 24th. KNSS News Time now, 612, 12 minutes past 6 o'clock. 
stalled out vehicle. Eastbound Kellogg gets pretty close to I-135. Watch for a bit of a slowdown there. Volume still just now starting to really pick up. Traffic update from 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm Jed Chambers. Let's take a look at the forecast now with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. With a cloudy sky across Wichita and south-central Kansas, we'll have a gradual clearing sky with some sunshine. Our high 42 later on today. Clear and cold tonight, Tello 29. Then mostly sunny and breezy on Saturday with a high 55, 60 on Sunday. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holiday. Now a clear sky and a chilly 21 degrees and northwest wind at 8 miles per hour. 613, Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS, Friday, January 13th. That's right, Friday the 13th. Ted Woodward, do you feel lucky today? Well, do you? <laughs> I don't know. Not really. I'm not very superstitious. Anyway, on this I'm day. I'm lucky to be alive. You are. Yeah, glad to be here. Lucky to be here, says uh, the uh, late Roger N. Wilson used to say. Lucky to be setting up and taking nourishment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. A, a brief morning rain and snow yesterday, a breezy, cooler day across central Kansas Thursday. Wichita's high temperature was 41 degrees, normal high 43. And on this date in 2021, President Donald Trump was impeached by the U.S. House over the violent January 6th siege at the Capitol, becoming the only president to be twice impeached. Ten Republicans joined Democrats in voting to impeach Trump on a charge of incitement of insurrection. Trump would again be acquitted by the Senate in a vote after his term was over. A new study says Exxon Mobil's, this is interesting, Exxon Mobil's scientists were remarkably accurate in their predictions about global warming, even as the company made public statements that contradicted its own scientists' conclusions. The study in the journal Science Thursday looked at research that Exxon funded that did not conform, that didn't just conform. Let me try this again. Exxon funded uh, research that didn't just confirm what climate scientists were saying, but used more than a dozen different computer models that forecast the coming warming with a precision equal to or better than government and academic scientists. What they were doing is their scientists were predicting the future more accurately than anybody well, in the world. it's because they're in the industry. They know what's yeah, going on. Just right like the there. cigarette companies. They knew they do. tobacco's addictive and horrible. And Absolutely. They, yeah, they, they know. This was during the same time that the oil giant publicly doubted that warming was real and dismissed climate models' accuracy. Accuracy. So the marketing people were not in sync with the, with the R&D, I guess. Exxon said its understanding of climate change evolved over the years and that critics are misunderstanding its earlier research. There you go. Interesting. The, uh, of course, Ted, if you've seen many UFOs, I know the U.S. has now collected 510 reports of unidentified flying objects, many of which are flying in sensitive military airspace. And while there's no evidence of extraterrestrials, a declassified report says they still pose a threat. Last year, the Pentagon opened an office, the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, solely focused on receiving and analyzing all of these reports of unidentified uh, phenomena, many of which have been reported by military pilots. The 510 objects include 144 objects previously reported and 366 new reports, in both the old and new cases, after analysis, the majority have been determined to exhibit unremarkable characteristics and could be characterized as unmanned aircraft systems or balloon-like objects. So, 
Yeah, yeah. But what about those little men? Yeah, that's what we all want to know about. The little guy in the cartoon. What was that guy's name in the cartoon? Maybe to your leader. Remember that? What? This Bugs Bunny cartoon. What Marvin, was, the oh, Marvin the Martian? Marvin the Martian. Hmm. Does Marvin the Martian actually exist? Yeah, we want to know. That's what we want to know. That's what we know. want to know. Uh, well, I have no doubt he exists. He, I've seen him in cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> he must then. It was just a weird fashion choice. Marvin. A Roman tunic, but high-top yeah. sneakers. Yeah. And he had no face, right? <laughs> just a couple of eyes sticking out. <laughs> pretty, hmm. A uh, 21-foot orca, also known as a killer whale, beached itself Wednesday morning in Flagler oh. County, Florida. Died on the sandy shore. Crowds gathered to catch a glimpse of the huge marine mammal. And if you want to look at the video, you can see it on our website, oh. knssradio.com. The beached whale. 617 now, Steve and Ted in the morning here on KNSS. It is time for leadoff sports with Ted Woodward here on this Friday morning, Ted. Yeah, the pro football playoffs begin this weekend with opening round to play. Of course, the Kansas City Chiefs have a bye. They get to sit uh, this week out and rest up for the next week of the playoffs. We have five games this weekend. Two of them are tomorrow, and those games will be right here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, starting out with Seattle visiting the 49ers at 3 o'clock. Prime time tomorrow night, the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Both those games here on KNSS. Then a triple header for the playoffs on Sunday. All those games will be over on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Coverage begins at 11.30 tomorrow morning. The first game up tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, the first game up on Sunday is the Miami Dolphins in Buffalo taking on the Bills. The starting quarterback for the Dolphins is former Kansas State Wildcat, the rookie, Skylar Thompson. We'll be starting a playoff game for the Dolphins on Sunday at Buffalo. The afternoon game has the New York Giants visiting the Minnesota Vikings, the mid-afternoon game. And then the primetime game Sunday night is in Cincinnati, the Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. By Sunday night, we will then know who the Kansas City Chiefs opponent will be next week in the playoffs. And speaking, uh, if you're looking ahead in the playoffs, the National Football League has some scenarios for the has a scenario wrapped up now for the AFC championship game. The NFL decided that if the AFC championship game has to get played at a neutral site, it'll be in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the home of the Falcons. The only scenario that would see this play out would be if the Kansas City Chiefs are to meet the Buffalo Bills to decide which AFC team would go to the Super Bowl. Normally, such a matchup between these two teams would get played at the home stadium of the team that finished with a better record, in this case, Kansas City. But because the Bills played one fewer game as a result of their Week 17 contest in Cincinnati canceled after Buffalo safety DeMar Hamlin suffered cardiac arrest, the NFL made this concession for a potential neutral site game. Jared Max, Fox News. A lot of football left between now and that scenario, though, so we'll see how it plays out. And, of course, on Friday mornings, we visit live with Mitch Holtis, the play-by-play voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. And that'll be in the 8 o'clock hour, less than two hours from now, at about 8.10 this morning. Be here for our conversation with Mitch as we talk about the Chiefs transitioning from the regular season into the postseason, and they have a week off this weekend. College men's basketball, Wichita State at home tomorrow afternoon at Coke Arena, hosting Tulsa. As these two rivals go at it, Tulsa is in last place in the conference They've lost five in a row. Tulsa has never won a game in Coke Arena. 0-9. Really? Since the arena was renovated. They haven't won there since it was Levitt Arena 21 years ago. And Tulsa has lost 10 straight games here in the city of Wichita. 
Mike Kennedy and Dave Dahl will begin their pregame coverage at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. The game will tip off at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at Coke Arena. Listen to the Shockers live on 103.7 KEYN as the Shockers go for their second win in a row. College men's basketball in Lawrence tomorrow afternoon. It's, boy, what a matchup. Number two ranked Kansas hosting 14th ranked Iowa State. These are two of the three teams still remaining tied for first place undefeated in the conference. The other team is Kansas State. Iowa State has won six in a row. KU has won nine in a row. However, KU has won its last six matchups against the Cyclones. Coverage of KU basketball at 1.30 tomorrow afternoon. The game will tip off at 3 o'clock in Allen Fieldhouse tomorrow afternoon. Listen to the Jayhawks on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Kansas State is in action tomorrow afternoon. Listen to this matchup. 11th-ranked Kansas State visiting 17th-ranked TCU. The Wildcats are on a nine-game winning streak. They're off to their best start in 64 years. That'll tip off at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon in Fort Worth, nationally televised on ESPN2. The Wichita State women's basketball team is trying to snap a three-game losing streak. They're on the road in Orlando Sunday afternoon, taking on Central Florida. Shockers have never defeated the Knights in women's basketball. Steve Strain has live coverage beginning at 11.45 Sunday morning. And that is right here on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Hockey, the Wichita Thunders starting a five-game homestand with three straight games in three days downtown at Intrust Bank Arena, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wichita is in second place in the division heading into the weekend. Tonight, 7 o'clock, the Allen Americans. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Allen again, the last place Americans. And then Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock, hosting the Tulsa Oilers. Three home games this weekend for your Wichita Thunder. Indoor soccer, the Wichita Wings are off to a 2-0 start, and the Wings are at home tomorrow night, 7 o'clock at Hartman Arena, hosting the last place Colorado Inferno. And an elite wrestling team is here in town tonight as Newman is hosting the number two ranked team in the nation, Nebraska Kearney. Wrestling action at 7 o'clock tonight out at Newman. And that's sports with Stephen Ted. 622 now. Give it here for Dr. Sanjay Gupta. A tough season for respiratory illness. That's on the way with Stephen Ted on KNSS. Wichita's nationally recognized Marconi Awarded Radio Show. This is Stephen Ted on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Good morning, Steve McIntosh, Ted Woodward, 630 on this Friday morning. 21 degrees. Three people were injured when an SUV crashed into a restaurant in East Wichita. This happened just before noon Thursday at the Thai Cuisine on Greenwich, just north of Kellogg. Police say the driver had been backing up and moving forward in the parking lot, hitting two parked vehicles before driving into the building. Investigators say the 77-year-old driver may have suffered from a medical condition. A 72-year-old man and a 61-year-old man in the restaurant were injured by debris. One of them was taken to a hospital. The Kansas governor's office releasing the budget plans for the new year. A major part involves eliminating the state sales tax on groceries this coming April. Last year, lawmakers negotiated passing a gradual reduction of the tax. State Representative Jason Probst, a Hutchinson Democrat, says lawmakers seem to be in agreement on the tax now. I think it absolutely can be done. It could have been done last year, but it got bound up in uh, election year politics. But there's no reason we shouldn't accelerate that and get that done right away. And other parts of the plan include eliminating the tax on diapers and feminine hygiene products and cutting taxes on Social Security. 
The suspect charged with killing four Idaho college students returned to a courtroom Thursday. Fox's Lauren Green reports. In his second court appearance in a week, Idaho murder suspect Brian Kohlberger and his attorney began legal maneuvering in his case. First, waiving his right to a speedy preliminary hearing. His attorney also says Kohlberger will challenge the evidence against him, which continues to grow. Evidence shows Kohlberger could have been stalking the home. According to court documents, his cell phone pinged near the house at least 12 times before the murders and once the morning after. A knife sheath next to one victim's body had Kohlberger's DNA on it. And according to documents, one of the surviving housemates, known only by the initials DM, could tell testify in the case. Goldberger faces four counts of first-degree murder plus a burglary charge. The remains of an elderly woman who's been missing since Hurricane Ian have been found in Florida. Nobody had seen or heard from 82-year-old Alonka Ness, who lived on Fort Myers Beach ever since Hurricane Ian destroyed her home in December. Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marsano making the announcement that her remains were discovered in an area of thick mangroves. These areas are impassable by boat and they're not visible by the air. Her husband, Robert's body, had already been found shortly after the storm. Investigators had to use dental records to identify Mrs. Ness. She becomes the 74th person in Lee County, Florida, killed by Hurricane Ian. John Saucier, Fox News. WSU Tech is growing. WSU Tech president, Sherry Eustash, sells KNSS News. We are an affiliate of Wichita State University, and we are a two-year technical college. And so we deliver um, short-term and long-term technical education for careers in every single industry you can think of. And we also deliver the first 45 hours of a baccalaureate degree in partnership with Wichita State at our WSU South Campus. Sherry Utash is our guest this weekend on Issues 2023, Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 on KNSS. Now a look at the forecast with KNSS staff meteorologist Dan Holliday. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. It's a chilly start to the day here in Wichita with cloud cover likely sticking around for a while. We'll have some clearing this afternoon with a high 42. Mostly clear overnight, Charlo 29. And then sunny and breezy on Saturday with a high 55. We may reach 60 on Sunday afternoon. I'm KNSS meteorologist Dan Holliday. Now clear sky, 21 degrees. We have a northwest wind at 8 miles per hour. Steve at 10 in the morning here on KNSS 634 now. And uh, January 13th, it is Friday the 13th, if you're superstitious. On this date in 1990, L. Douglas Wilder of Virginia became the nation's first elected black governor as he took the oath of office in Richmond, in Virginia, in the heart of Dixie. He was the fr- I didn't know that. I didn't realize that, I guess. Or I've forgotten it over the time. Over t- and that was 1990, and, and Doug, Douglas Wilder became the first elected black governor in the entire country. Hmm. How about that? Ted, today is uh, the official start date of the 2023 tax filing season. Here we go. Well, it begins, uh, actually, the tax filing season begins January 23rd, when the IRS will begin accepting and processing 2022 returns. So you can get them in early, but you got not until the 23rd. I beg your pardon. I misspoke there. The IRS has... Most recently added 5,000 new customer service representatives who were trained in taxpayer rights and technical account management issues. Fun. And it's chipping away. The IRS is chipping away at the hundreds of thousands of unprocessed returns from last tax season. The filing deadline for most taxpayers to submit their 2022 tax returns 
The extensions and pay money owed is April 18th. That is because the normal filing date of April 15th falls on a weekend. And the District of Columbia's Emancipation Day holiday falls on April 17th. And they always have to work around uh, that day as, as well. So, I haven't even talked much about it. My taxes. Have you, Ted? Nope. Now, traditionally what happens is they send I start out getting the tax forms in the mail. What is that? The W-4 that they send out that gives you your tax statement every year? From the, I mean, I'm talking about the uh, our, our employer here. Is it a 4 or is that the 2? I can't ever remember. I... We get it in the mail and we start writing up the the the, uh, the return. All right, and you got a shoebox full no, of just, no, I just I just I just hate it. Hate the whole thing. I wish we had a fair tax or a flat tax. Something simple. So wouldn't have to something simple, so I wouldn't have to deal with this once a year. Well, gosh, but you do yours on the computer. You you do yours on. I've, the last two years, I've done it on the computer. How's that work? It's pretty been good. great. It's been been pretty efficient, I think. Well, I've had mine done by a third party the last couple, three years, and this year that won't be available to me, so either, I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm going to let Shelly do. My wife is pretty good with uh, <laughs> numbers and so forth, and uh, she'll, she'll, do, she'll do a fine job. So it'll, she's never done one before, but I'll bet she does a great job. What do you got, Chad? You got something? To- not really. Okay. I just, I was going to say, you know how complicated a lot of people say it is, and I don't know. Maybe so. Let me tell you, it I, takes me about 10 minutes. It depends on what kind of asset you got and what kind of thing you're looking at there. Yeah. And what, you know what? Yeah. I don't have any complaints. Yeah, I don't have too many myself either. I always deduct for all of my eight kids, you know, and my... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe yeah. it's just my situation, but it seems so easy that I don't... I think they've got it pretty simple for you. If you get short, if you get short, you got too much, not have a lot to claim. Well, there you go. But you got to get time like this. this for instance, you think uh, a guy like uh, Tom Leffler of Leffler Commodities, oh, with all the holdings he's got locally and internationally and overseas, yeah, he's probably got a team. I would a team certainly assume team. so. Oh, by the way, let's go ahead and check in with Tom Leffler. Candace's Commodities Update. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Steve and Ted. Well, Thursday, the live cattle futures made three-session lows and closed negative, while the feeder cattle futures had 15-session lows and closed negative with some triple-digit losses. Now, the weekly average steer and heifer carcass weights were both five pounds lighter than what they were a week ago. The nearby lean hog futures continued to trade and close negative yesterday. Thursday was 10 of the past 11 sessions of February lean hogs closing negative, and in April contract, 9 of the past 10 sessions. Now, we saw the close yesterday, February live cattle, 20 cents lower, 157.55. March feeder cattle, $1.27 lower, 184.27. And February lean hogs, 55 cents lower, at 78.75. Now, Thursday's slew of USDA reports surprisingly were mostly price-friendly as the corn, soybeans, and Kansas City wheat closed positive with double-digit gains. Now, winter wheat acres were up 11% over a year ago at 37 million acres. Kansas acres were up 200,000 acres, Oklahoma up 300,000, and Texas was up a whopping 1.4 million acres. Now, all the markets have regular closing times today ahead of a three-day holiday weekend, and the grains will reopen on Monday evening at 7 p.m. At the moment, March KC wheat's three and a half cents higher at 838 and a half. 
March corn, three quarters of a penny higher at 671 and three quarters. March soybeans, a half a penny lower at $15.18. February crude oil trading 35 cents higher at $78.74. February gold's up 90 cents at $1,899.70. The March S&P, 28 and a quarter points lower at 3975 March dollar index, 22 cents higher at $102.21. The March Dow Jones futures down 229 points at 34000 90. For commodity trading or ag marketing advisory, contact Leffler Commodities on the phone or on the web by using 866-GO-TO-TOM. Tom, my impression would be that any kind of uh, a farm operation is going to be fairly complicated in taxes. Am I, am I misunderstanding that uh, or uh, is it pretty simple? Let's just put it this way. Any type of business period yeah. has got more and more complicated over time. Yeah, that's probably true. It's, yeah. So, you know, you have to hire a whole team of, of uh, accountants to come in and, and do your books for you at the end of the year, right, sir? Well, quite honestly, if you do have a business, it's pretty fruitless to uh, try to figure your taxes out on your own. You're better off, you know, paying the bill for an accountant to help you, a CPA especially. You know, I'm, I'm joking with you a little bit, but I understand what you're doing and the kind of business you're doing, dealing with a lot of different entities. Oh, yeah. You need, you need a, little help, a little help, don't you? I'll tell you. Exactly. And then when you get exactly. that, when you get that uh, $70,000 refund, Ted and I will be happy to help you to demonstrate how to, <laughs> what to do with that. We'll consult you on how to spend that money. How's that? Okay. The other thing people's got to be aware of, too, is the ever-changing rules there are in the tax code every year that it's just hard for an individual to keep up on themselves. That's true. That's true. Almost, almost the, the simple one of it. Some, some somehow or other, Jad's doing it real well without an accountant to help him out so far, right, Jad? Yeah, I have to agree. I'd have to agree with Ted to a certain extent. A simpler situation, sim- simpler si- system would be much better. Well, and I, thank I, you. I, th- I, th- I, well, I agree with you too, guys. I, it, it would also it, you would eliminate the mistakes and probably a, a lot of you know of, of inconsistencies when people file. We, Get, uh, we collect the money the, the government is due and, and not collect it's not due. So more accurate, probably. We believe in the KISS theory. Keep it simple, stupid, right? I have went by that theory for years. Yeah, I like to think I'm a very simple-minded guy. Well, for anybody who wants to simplify their taxes, just do what I do. Barely make any money at all. Oh, yeah. Your taxes get really, <laughs> oh, yeah. really simple to do. He's in the lowest tax bracket ever invented. Right? Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, uh, Herman Cain, remember when he presented that pretty nifty plan for a fair tax and a flat tax? They laughed him out of the room. I know. They just completely joked him and kicked him out. I wasn't a big fan of Herman's politics, but on the other hand, he had a pretty sharp idea. I he had a great that. idea there. So. And, of course, oh, it got nowhere because none of the politicians <laughs> or the government wanted anything to do with that. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not going to solve it today, but hey, so we're going to be, uh, you're going to be here with us Monday. Monday. We're doing a show on Monday, Tom. You bet. As long as I survive Friday the 13th, I'll be here Monday. Okay. Good luck to you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Tom. It's uh, 643 now. Steve and Ted in the morning. Coming up, we've got Don Grant, CFP, the money tracker, the B word in retirement. Oh, my. What might that be? Mm, What is, what is the B word? We'll find out. Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS.
Stephen's Head of the Morning, KNSS, 647 here on this Friday morning. Three big things. Three. One person dead, two injured after a car truck crash in Butler County. Two. Elvis Presley's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, dies of apparent heart attack at age 54. One. Deadly storms hammer Alabama and Georgia at least seven dead. Three big things, Stephen Dead on KNSS. Just over the last couple of minutes, we've had two traffic accidents out there. First one, uh, traffic accident Central and Broadway. Central and Broadway, watch for a slowdown or just avoid the area for the time being. Another traffic accident, eastbound K96 at the off-ramp to Rock Road. Watch for a slowdown there. Traffic update from 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm Jad Chambers. Sunny today with a high of 43 degrees. Mostly clear and cool tonight. The overnight low 27. Saturday, mostly sunny, breezy, and warmer. Tomorrow's high back up to 54 degrees. Now a clear sky. Northwest wind at 8 miles per hour and 21 degrees. A government report on inflation had an impact on Wall Street Thursday. Stocks finishing higher after fresh consumer prices data show that inflation eased again in December. Investors are betting on a standard quarter point interest rate increase from the Fed at its first meeting of the year. Energy stocks were among the biggest gainers as oil prices got an extended boost following CPI data while healthcare companies lagged. And shares of airline stocks also took off after American raised its revenue guidance for the recently ended quarter as demand for air travel remained strong through the holiday season. The Dow winners, Boeing, Caterpillar and Salesforce, the Dow Decliners, Amgen, Johnson & Johnson, and McDonald's. The Dow rising 217 points, the Nasdaq up 69, S&P 500 up 14. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. The B word in retirement. <gasps> Don Grant, CFP, the money tracker this morning. Good morning, Don. Good morning. If your family is like mine, you've probably used a spending plan or a budget when income and finances required it but fell off the budget wagon when income was good and spending was under control. Once you hit retirement, your income may become more predictable. You'll learn to live within the confines of a fixed income rather than worrying about a, you know, in penny pitching, a comprehensive budget can provide a more carefree experience. The toughest part of long-range budget plans is this environment and how to handle the fluctuating costs of medical care. Research the plan that fits your needs best. Don't forget to factor for rising medication costs. Apply a liberal amount for rising premiums and co-pays. Map out your monthly spending. Look at bank and credit card statements to break down how and where you are spending. If you use cash, take notes for a month every time you pull out that wallet. Once you know how you spend, you can create a plan that allows for those expenses. The more detailed you get, the freer you become because you always know where and how the money is being spent. If you're carrying debt, work hard to get that paid off before you retire. Every cent you're not paying to a credit card company will enhance your cash flow and help pay for discretionary spending. Attack highest interest debt first and consolidate debt to lower interest accounts if possible. Either way, free yourself of debt as quickly as possible. Build an emergency savings account and keep it funded. Aggressively fund an account that can be used for discretionary spending like travel and leisure activities. 
This account can replace your credit card for non-essential spending. Why build up more debt on your high-interest credit card when you can save in advance for that type of spending? Fund this account monthly as though you were making credit card payments. Kind of trick yourself. Of course, if you have any questions, you can give me a call. The number is uh, 267-0600. All right. Thank you, Don. 652, Stephen Ted in the morning here on KNSS. And today is, I'm sure you'll you'll enjoy this, Ted. It's, today is National Rubber Ducky Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rubber Ducky, you're the you're one. You're the one. You, you make, make my bath time so lots fun. of fun. Yeah. Rubber Ducky, I'm awfully fond of you. Saying Sesame Street's Ernie. During bath time, right? Mm-hmm. And you memorized that. So did I for some reason. And I, I that was, uh, my son Scott was watching when the rubber ducky came on there. Great catchy song. The friendly puppet isn't the only fan of the bath accessory. The, the country celebrating the toy on this National Rubber Ducky Day, first designed in the 1800s when rubber manufacturing began. And the duck was then made out of plastic and vinyl during both world wars, as rubber was scarce, but the rubber ducky. You ever had a rubber ducky? Ed? I don't know that I ever did. Nah, I, I don't either. think I did. I never had any bad toys at all. Yeah. I read somewhere where originally it sank until they invented a design or a rubber that would make it float. Make it float? Well. It used to, they just bloop, went right to the bottom. Yeah. There have been promotions, and I can't remember what it was for, but they would release like 150 of those on the... On rubber duckies in the in the uh, river for some. Yeah, reason. they do those duck races sometimes. Duck races, that's what they are. Yeah. Okay. Let's see here. What do you got on tap? You got uh, you got basketball tomorrow. You're going to be out of Coke Arena. Soccer basketball tomorrow afternoon. P- Tulsa. That ought to be fun. Yep. Uh, they got a team this year. No, Tulsa? they're horrible. They're in last <laughs> place. Well, <laughs> they haven't won a road game in a year. <laughs> Golly, Moses. They had such great teams for so many years. Yeah, they had a they had a real good run, but they're kind of at a down ebb right now. But they'll, they'll be a good crowd on a Saturday afternoon. Well, right? you would hope. Yeah. You would think. Come there's there's the, no conflict with Chiefs football. Come so out and see the Shockers play. See if the folks show up to see the Shocks play Tulsa tomorrow afternoon. Shocker basketball. All right. I think uh, tonight I'm, I'm planning, uh, Shelly and I are planning to go to another Bishop Carroll basketball game with our granddaughters, the twin cheerleaders at Carroll. Tonight they're playing North. And there's a connection there because North, as I understand it, North's head basketball coach is a guy named Michael Bailey, who at, uh, is one of my son's best friends. And he went to North, you know, and, and Scott and he and him went to North. And uh, so I'm looking, can, will they let me come down and say hi to him? On Are you going to get comp tickets? No. Well, no. they don't charge you if you're over a certain age. Ah, gotcha. So they're comped. They're comped by this, you know. But I want to say hi to Michael if we can. Of course, he knows my daughter and son very well, and he's a great guy. He's been coaching there at basketball. He played basketball at North. I think they had a – when he was there, they may have had a city champion team. But uh, uh, So I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, that's my daughter will be with us, and that's her, her uh, alma mater, North High. So it'll be fun. We'll have some fun there. And then you've got basketball tomorrow. North High will be making an appearance in our next sportscast in the 7 o'clock oh, hour. Oh, really? Just, How about that? We'll find out what that What's is. What's that all about? I know. You'll have to tune in to that find out. Stay right 25 here. minutes. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour this morning with Steve and Ted. Deadly storms hammering Alabama and Georgia. And Lisa Marie Presley has died. Those stories and more coming up. Steve and Ted in the morning here on KNSS. 
Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Saber Wealth is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS.